You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their new line of Pro Studio headphones, as well as the A131 and A133 large diaphragm studio condenser microphones at audixusa.com. Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. Food for thought. Is the lyric, I wish I could break free, back to where I'm supposed to be, acknowledgement of the existence of alternative universes? How else could we possibly be anywhere but where we are in fact supposed to be? I do have a margarita tonight. I will say I did not have tacos with it. I had nochi from Sam's and it was delicious. Nice. Yeah, I'm drinking a Golden Monkey, which is a nine and a half percent Belgian style um, triple. Yeah, Chappelle or hot. It is a beautiful hot, summer, yeah. Chris. It is. It, it, it's turning out to be a beautiful summer. Like we've kind of missed the heat. You know, it's been spotty heat, but it's been cool and rainy and green. Everything is nice. It's nice to be outside. My allergies go crazy, but oh, by the way, welcome to the Signal to Noise podcast. On the oh hi, there's actually people listening. I forgot. Uh, maybe I I can't guarantee that you and I are listening right now. So that's you know that's we, we we've been left unattended again by Sam and Michael. So who yeah who knows? Oh oh shit! You know what? What I had people come up to me while I was out on this last little bit and say that they were part of the Rutabaga Club. Yes. <laughs> Um, it was awesome because I was talking to this dude named Anthony from Toronto and he messaged me out of nowhere. I guess Michael or you gave him my phone number and, uh, he was like, you got to try this Korean place when you come to Toronto. And I was like, no way. And we, I looked at the menu and it was ridiculous, like <laughs> ridiculous home cooked Korean food. Are you kidding me? Like if I could have got away, I totally went. And he was like, yeah, I'm part of the rutabaga club. I actually, you know, listen to the show front to pack. And I was like, oh, you're one of like six <laughs> and I'm one. So, um, then he was, I, he, I was like, so if you listen to the show, you know, what's going to happen now. And he was like, huh? And I just called him and we were on the phone for an hour and a half. Nice. Talking, talking shop, man. It That's was awesome. so fun. Like, so shout out to Tony, uh, Anthony, um, he, uh, I wish we could have met up, but he was busy doing shows too. And it's been really fun to meet listeners. Um, yes. It, yeah. It's I mean, interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I, I just got back from Nam a couple of days ago and that was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, between meeting guests, listeners, Mike Green, who freaking does our intro song, right? Weird, I mean, right? The, you know, seeing him. Uh, so many people uh, that Nam was unbelievable. Uh, special the shout pictures out that you got with the people, like yeah, uh, Jerry. Right off the bat, I was like, "Holy cow! I want to ha- hang out with Jerry Palumbo." Like, are you kidding me? Well, that's the funny thing is, like, so many of these people, like, I saw them long enough, to, long enough to say hi, get a selfie real quick, and then you're on to the next person and doing other things. So, like, that was the extent. Of, like, Fela, um, uh, so many people where it was like, yeah, I saw for two seconds and then moved on. But hey, it was it was still better than nothing. Um, I, 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 on the last night I hung out with, uh, the Digico guys, uh, I helped them strike their booth. 
Uh, and then we went to a nice Matt steak. and Kyle and who else? Who else uh, so, um, yeah, uh, uh, Ryan, um, Kyle, uh, Phil yeah. from Clang. Uh, Matt yeah. wasn't there for dinner, but the, the other crew was there for dinner. And we had a real nice dinner, and it was just – it was just a freaking good time. Uh, I had dinner twice with Jamie Anderson. Um, what? So speak, you spoke with a Korean. Uh, we, we, the first night we went out and Jamie or somebody picked this place. With Korean, it was like, oh, let's go Korean barbecue. So I'm with Ken Berger, which for those who don't know, uh, Ken Berger uh, started EAW. Um, and he actually had bought, bought SIA. um software which was basically smart at the time at its infancy from jbl um and and he brought jamie anderson from meyer which i think ken actually might have been at meyer before he was yeah he was at meyer before he did aaw um so anyway so ken berger hired jamie from meyer to basically develop smart at EAW, then and then Jimmy went on to help develop the 850 and the 750 and the 650 and all those things, right? Um, anyway, so it's Jamie Anderson, uh, myself, Ken Berger, uh, Gavin from Rational, who also used to work at Meyer, and and Hannah. Um, now, when I think posse. when I think when I think Korean barbecue, you know, I'm thinking like like a hibachi type style, style grill, right? And we get we sit down at this place, and it's like basically in a strip mall. <laughs> um, uh, and um, and there's like basically a grill right in front of you, and you basically, I guess you're supposed to grill your your own food, like you do it yourself. It's a DIY, so DIY that when they brought the steaks out, they just brought the steaks out on plates, like full steaks, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, I guess we like, I guess they had always been to ones where like they actually kind of like. They kind of like babysit chop you and kind of chop it up for you. Well, they didn't do any of that. All they did, they, they put a pair of scissors on the table. And so we're sitting there having ah. like, literally, we're cutting steak with scissors in front of ourselves, like watching and flip it ourselves and pay attention. It was, um, it was interesting. But yeah, man. Anyway. What, a, what a fun time. I'm yes. glad you got to go to Nam. That was your first Nam. You first didn't get Nam, the Nam Thrax. Did not well, not yet. Now I still feel good. I feel like I would feel something by now if uh if if I had caught yes. something. So we'll see. But no, it was amazing. Um, so many people uh, got to hear some cool systems. There's too many people to physically mention of who I saw. Um, if you're in our Facebook, new group products. Or, did did you see any new products that you man? Like, there ain't damn, damn son. There, there ain't nothing new with COVID. <laughs> from <laughs> <of> COVID. <laughs> actually, that's not true. Um, I nothing's did, in stock, anyways. Yes, even the old true. stuff's not even. Uh, JBL had had debuted their new SRX series, which is um, their SRX line array series, uh, which is like, they don't want to classify it this way, but I'm going to say it this way. Uh, It's basically like a baby VTX or baby. um, It's like in between a VRX and a VTX. Um, You know, like there's like a dual, like a dual six inch and a dual 10 inch. Um, complimentary subs and stuff like that. So, um, it, it looked interesting. Cute. I couldn't he- hear it. It wasn't it wasn't a demo room for it. Um, but yeah, that was the only thing like new, new that I saw. Everything else has just kind of been out. We're just kind of seeing things. Saw Ash from Heil. Oh, I did see Ash, and then actually, uh, I got to mix on an Advances for the first time. So the Alan Heath booth was huge with Samantha Potter and and, and Jeff Hawley, and um, saw Steve Young from Audix. Yeah, I did, and that was One so that my was the favorite dudes in the world. He, oh, and he he hooked me up with a new cord for my headphones because my daughter jacked it up um, a couple of weeks ago, so I needed a new man. <laughs> I love the dudes at Audix, like 
such a good squad up there. Yes, yes. Well, since it's you and I, we left our own devices again. I put a blast out for questions, and you guys always deliver, both in our Facebook group and in our Discord. And quite frankly, uh, almost all of these questions or topics could be a whole episode of of themselves. We're going to do our best to do each question justice, but try to power through as many as we can and and see see how this see how this goes. Let's just say true or false and just rip through all of them and call it a short episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Sounds good. So Chris Metter says, I love a deep dive into processing mastering approaches in the modern live sound world on Facebook. False. And I say true. False. Well, see, that's a whole episode right there. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> Next. No, just kidding. Um, deep dive into bus processing mastering. I mentioned that um, this was not really, this is not my forte. And I suggest smarter people than me, uh, like Pooch and Raybould and others to kind of get for uh, sure. stuff from on that one. So I don't have much to say about that question or topic. And, and, and you know what the, the, some of the engineers that we've had on, um, have mentioned the more bus processing and mastering approach, and live sound and basically what they were doing is taking the broadcast approach and yeah. i tell you what I, i've seen a few acts that had house people that did that to start out with you know basically mm-hmm. their mixes are mix off the desk and then everything's done externally because they've already mixed it on near fields or at home or whatever the case may be they come out of the box so much stronger than engineers that don't take that approach so i will say that like those people that already have that thing dialed in as if it's a broadcast mix and i would even say the church market house worship market has a better grasp on that because that's what they've been trying to do is is have house sound like a cd and also mixing to broadcast so taking that approach in house of worship has been a thing and yeah you know, the, and i think that's super cool and when it comes to deep dive into it you're right like definitely need someone smarter than me because there's so many plugins out there there's so many ways that you can go to do it um we can we can get something. Right? I, I will say so um uh another person that i saw at nam was chris lord algae uh, and hey. he was he was doing a demo at the SSL booth, and he was ripping Green Day songs on the SSL, and then he took some like Q and A. Um, and so yes, we're gonna try to get him on the podcast. We'll see how that goes. Um, wow! But he did mention about Master Bus though, which um, while it may not be live, it's still similar. He was like, um, his advice on Master bru- Master Bus compression was that. Um, uh, pay attention to what's moving the needle on it right like so if there's silly things that are moving the needle those are the things that need individual compression and that's where you take care of those as opposed to your master bus in other words your vocals shouldn't be moving your master bus needle he's like your drums are about the only thing that should be moving your master bus needle outside of that you know if your vocal is moving it then likely you need to fix your compression at your at your vocal chain before it's even get to the master bus so i thought that was a nice little um way to think about you know hey what's how much really should i be working with this and also he was making very clear there's a big difference between limiting uh and compression uh on your master bus and he basically uh said pretty much don't ever limit your master bus 
right. you're just chopping it, it out. It, yeah. And I think the key word in your whole thing there was, is the needle, because obviously that was how that was done back then. And the real master bus compressors were all VU based like yeah. that. And that's what I learned as well. Like with, uh, say an Allen smart, um, or it, when you put that on the master bus, you basically just wanted to stick it and it didn't want to move. So then you would fix your ratio and your release and stuff from there. Um, like you said, not to limit, but to get it and stick it. So it wasn't moving that much. Yeah. If it was moving too much, then there was something down the chain that needed to be fixed. Um, his, he, he cool. had, he had a phrase that was like, a little controversial and I had posted in like Facebook and discord and stuff like that. Um, he said, uh, you know, cause he's sitting there ripping on the console and he'd be like, uh, let me see you do that with a mouse. Right. Cause he's like dancing all over the console and everything. Right. And it, his quote was, uh, if you're moving faders, you're making music. Uh, if you're moving a mouse, uh, you're making mouse shit. <laughs> now people were like, that's kind of bold for someone who has many waves plugins and stuff based off of his name. Um, but I think just the idea of like, he was just trying to get to the core of what we do is like uh it's it's a living breathing thing and you know and if all you can do is one move one fader at a time now obviously he's dismissing automation a bunch of other things but it was just uh it was it was there was a little bit of truth there <laughs> so take a question from discord now all right let's do it um all right uh this will be good um where'd it go uh, I'm just down a line, bro. You're like picking and cheesing. Ah, eh, whatever. Um, approached well because some of these could probably take a while. I'm just anyway. So Alex uh, G asked out of Discord. Approach to mixing a throw and go DCA subgroup effects routing. No time for anything fancy. What's your thought process? Multiple bands, limited no stage plots. Just make it happen. AKA the club scene right you know i mean that that's what this is right um you got three four bands a night uh or you got a throw and go festival of a bunch of opening acts kyle this is probably your bread and butter for a considerable amount of time i i, I guess yeah approach it like analog you know what what you have on the channel what you have with you i would usually set up w one verb for drums one verb for vocals maybe even leave the delay off for a second uh subgroups I would build them as I go um, just so I could push them in to where I need them to be. You know, sometimes on an analog desk, you could assign left, right, and to a subgroup or a, or a VCA. So I would, I would build those as I go. Basically, gain structure is everything. Starting with your gain is everything. Gain, high pass, go. Um, uh, Michael and I, and, and even you have been in this discussion before, when you just had to get stuff correct, gain structure, whether you're on a digital desk or not, you need to watch how you're putting things into the groups or into the master from from your channel level, and and that'll solve things real fast. Um, headphoning, I, I always am a super proponent for headphoning everything, so having my headphones around my neck or doing this stupid DJ thing where I put one ear up and one ear out, uh, just to make sure that I'm getting gain where I need it to be. So yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. Treat it like an analog. I, I would say, so I'm going to make a few assumptions. One is that in this day and age, nine times out of 10, you probably have a digital console, right? Um, and so 
you could likely possibly even walk in with a template starter file that has, you know, even uh, a, a few more drum channels than you ever need, but it has your drum channels. You have a couple extra guitar channels. Like, so if you're ripping like a, a, a throw and go festival, you're going to have two stage left guitar channels, two stage right guitar channels. You're going to have a keyboard stage left, keyboard stage right, like just a, a generic plot that you can squeeze anything into. And your DCAs, it's, you know, drums, bass, guitars, keys, vocals, like where you keep it within four or five, maybe an effects, and that's it. Um, the other thing I would say is um, high pass filters. You can set all of your high pass high pass filters without ever hearing anything. There's no, you know, so that if if nothing else, um, that's the first thing I would ever do to a desk. I could walk up, even if it's you got two minutes before the, that first song hits, high pass filters, go 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 go, and mix it from there. If you want to add EQ later, great. But if nothing else, a high pass filter will initially get you going. Um, that, always start with the crappy destructive EQ too. Um, don't boost anything off the bat. Use gain to get you there. Hopefully yeah. your 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 PA is EQ'd and tuned before you sure. start your line check. But yeah, destructive EQ only and go. And then just priorities, right? Like, I don't know, uh, vocal, right? Like if, if no one can hear the vocal on that first song and stuff like that, you're going to be digging your way out. Like you don't need to be worried about the hi-hat. You don't need to be worried about the gates on your toms. You know, you, you know, stupid shit like that. Like that's not where you need to be first. Yeah, I usually keep fader level where I need it to be too. So kick snare will be almost to zero. Maybe my hat, my toms will be down, backed off a little bit. Maybe my overheads won't even be in. Bass guitar about, you know, three quarters away. Guitars where I can set them about three quarters and then vocals at zero. So I know where to start at, you know. Yep. Um, that's why gain structure is super important because you can get your faders set before you even start to rip. Yep. All right. Facebook. Facebook. So Maxie Williams, my friend Maxie, <laughs> who's been out. I forgot who he's out with now. I met him a long time ago. He does like he did like Stone Temple Pilots. He does like uh, uh I think he's out. Cross he, I think he's out with Five Finger Death Punch right now. Yeah, he's right. That's right with uh Bruce. He's doing right monitors for Five Finger Death Punch. Looks like that's right. He goes, "Why is toilet paper so damn number two sandpaper in Europe?" Brody talk. <laughs> uh, True. I would say it's because. They don't even put ice in their drinks either. And some places have poo shelves. So, and I don't know how many times I've been into a restroom in Europe and saw dudes just walk out without washing their hands. Like, I don't, sometimes I don't, it's, they it's, probably it's, don't even use the toilet paper. It's the three seashells. You don't, you don't use the three seashells? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, so, yeah, toilet paper in Europe is pointless. It is, it's gross. And so are cold drinks. Good luck finding a cold beverage with ice. It's like they have an ice shortage and toilet paper softness shortage. And the ketchup is garbage too. So anything that you think is going to taste American over there doesn't taste American as well. So <laughs> ketchup is garbage. Coke is garbage. Mountain Dew is garbage. Um, what else funny, is garbage? The funny thing is many people would say that's garbage here too, but that's beside the point. Yeah, I mean, well, you get accustomed to the taste. So you that's get, true. Like, that's high true. Fruit, yeah, high fructose corn syrup is a delicious thing in the United States, but over there, it's like bad news. So they use pretty much sugar, cane sugar substitutes. Ugh. Ugh. All right. So that's why you, that's why you know that number two sandpaper is because you poo all the time from being over there. <laughs> Next. Jedi Beatles uh, from Discord. 
Uh, that's not thing. a real name. Well, I know. This, that's the thing about Discord is I don't I don't like that there's like usernames because like I don't know who half these people are, especially if they have like a uh, an odd username. But anyway, uh, I recently made them. This is his quote. I recently made the move from stagehand to house monitor tech, and would like to know what I can do to be the most help to the touring crews when they come through. The do's and don'ts, um, unexpected things you may need. How how hands on do you want me? I know that probably depends on the touring tech. Um, and, and he just kind of said, I guess maybe not just monitors, what's expected uh, from all the house techs. Uh, what can I do to make a date better? We've touched on this a little bit in terms of being the house SE. Uh, and a, a lot of that language is going to be the same, um, whether it's... Uh, but anyway, Kyle, why don't you take that first? And, and I have a few thoughts around that. You do it first. Okay, fine. Let me think about um, that one. Here's one thing I would say. This is the same with the SC front of house, where there's multiple people in, in a crew. Is um, first off, um, know your rig uh, inside and out. Uh, everything from if you have patch points, if you're providing house wedges, right? Like you know, you, you know where everything is uh, and where every signal flow is, because you might get some weird requ- request. Um, uh hands on and off obviously if it's not your gear it's not like it's, it's a tour gear you don't touch that console unless you're uh, well they'll no one's gonna ask you to touch that console so don't ever touch the console <laughs> um unless maybe oddly you're expected to mix the opening act on the touring console which is still unlikely um th- and then i mean i would just uh um just be a good person like be there be there for them don't be obnoxious um but you know hey you know just ch- check on them i i would say uh ask what what they expect hey what's what are we working with here today How, you know um if there is if they if you have done any advanced work make sure you've actually done your end of the advance where you've actually read through their input list or the stage plot or that type of thing um now look we all know there's the old joke of like you know uh it's a nine times out of ten the wrong input list and stage plot so ask hey here here's what i have as an input list and stage plot is this the most up-to-date is this accurate um and don't be an asshole when they say oh you know what no uh on this run you know we had to swap out this person so this kit's a little bit different like things change things think don't be you know just because it's not what they had sent you it is what it is yeah definitely be the facilitator so um make sure your crew knows that you're the point person with the touring act if they have any questions that go over their head um make sure uh you're there and if you have to walk away make sure you tell them where you're going how long you're gonna be gone uh what you're doing don't be hard to find yeah don't be hard to find be be an eye shot or an ear shot all day long um, also, don't try to be someone you're not or prove to them who you think you are. This is the, no. they don't need to know all the bands you worked with in the last week. They don't need to they don't need to know that you know every make and model of every piece of manufactured gear that's out there. None of that is going to impress anyone. Nope. Just <laughs> just know the answers to the questions that they ask. You know. Um I see touring, if they're bringing in their own production, like you said, hands off, just make sure that they have enough space, your space is clear and clean, Um, you know where you're going to get power from, 
hopefully, like Michael has said on previous episodes, being the house cat at his spot was doing the advance and making sure that everything was in a line. So if you're not doing the advance, make sure that you talk to your production manager, whoever is, or your house person and make sure that you have all the info that's correct. Cause usually that'll come with a phone number too. So you can always shoot a text or a phone call or an email just to, you know, update or reiterate, but make sure you stay in your lane too. Um, don't step outside your lane. Be like, this is what we have. This is, you know, if you're requesting anything different, that that'll be handed down to me. You know, stay in your lane. Don't don't overstep boundaries. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, you had mentioned um, that you became a stagehand to be in a house monitor tech. So that means likely you're in a venue that has hands for load and load out. Um, uh, help manage them for the the tour right keep keep those people keep those people in line and not in a dick way but you know what i mean like um you know make sure that they are helping facilitate and understand what needs to get done uh and i like people who have done being a stagehand first because they can typically respect the fact right um of what that position is and and how to speak to them and how to to treat them be it be a decent be a decent person excellent moving on to our facebook questionnaire um Wayne Pauly, yes, friend of ours. I have one. What do people who have never heard true analog think would be the best best way to go about exposing them to what actual sine waves sound like? Sincerely, not trying to be the grumpy old way is better guy, but many people out there have never heard true analog audio. Um, how do you do that? Um, I mean, YouTube, the, YouTube, listen to it digitally. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nowadays in, even in production classes and in, in uh, schools and institutions and places that teach will have, um, analog stuff, not, not saying it'll be the greatest or something that you can hear true warm audio, like you're talking about, but there is a way to see, um, sine wave right i mean yeah i mean i I, i'm a little confused by the question um i know sometimes these are hard to just read off paper i mean you can hear a sine wave it doesn't have to be an analog you can hear a sine wave on an app i mean if we're talking about hearing frequencies and stuff like that that's that's what i don't fully get um i get the question about you know a fully analog and honestly in these days and eight you you're barely gonna find a system that's fully analog maybe an analog desk on the front end but you almost always have digital processing going into an amp rack or uh things like that so how to experience that i'm i'm not sh- i'm not sure how to answer that one send them out to see uh who is it uh chris stapleton has xl4s well s- send them out to see wayne Pauly. although ironically i think wayne's actually been using a digital console a little bit recently so <laughs> that could be it <laughs> Wayne is known for take Wayne is uh Wayne Wayne is um known for carrying a paragon so and for those who don't know that's an analog console um it's pretty heavy for one guy (laughs) Uh, sorry bad dad jokes I, I gotta scroll down um all right when mixing for an artist as a monitor engineer or front of house when is the point of going overboard and doing too much in your mixing process? 
Um, it's a loaded. So, oh, and that was. See, here we go. I don't. It's a username. Uh, DGAR Wood. Dagger Wood. I don't know what the. Anyway. Um, Sounds like some Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> shit to me. <laughs> it's possible. Um, mixing artists. Um, overboard. I, I'm, from a mono perspective, uh, you know, I had a phone call with someone recently and we kind of talked about this. Like, I, I think monitors should be as simple as can be. Um, even ears. I mean, you're rarely ever doing any compression, or you're you don't shouldn't need to, especially on vocals. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, from a front of house standpoint, don't give it until they ask. That's always the biggest thing at monitors is don't assume they want something that they don't. Yeah, I mean that's 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 debatable. Um, sometimes people don't know how to ask for what they do or don't want. So, I mean, the first, my first argument there is, would be is like, if you have a chance to have a conversation, say, Hey, what do you want this to feel like? What do you want this to sound like? Do you want this to sound like an album with just you on top of that? Right. And then, and then you have to read from that and go from there. Or do you only want, you know, click and this and this and this, and that's it. You know, so that's, uh, if you have a conversation there, I would say sometimes on, um, yeah, monitors always, less is almost always more. Uh, from a front of yep. house perspective, I would say um, the kind of golden rule of like reverb, how much is too much. Uh, turn it up until you can hear the reverb and then take it just back a notch from there. That's, that's a very technical term, a notch. Um, Let, let's take it back to um, <laughs> Howard Page and what he told me at front of house was fucking stop twisting knobs and stand back and listen and look mm. at the stage. There you go. And I, I think that is something that I witness more than anything in the world is like constantly moving, constantly changing things, constantly chasing things. If you're chasing something, it needs to be fixed. Right. So, uh, and, and that goes back to the very first question about master buses and subgroups and this whole making it sound like an album and how to mix is is to get into that pocket and not be changing that stuff you know um i think people over mix sometimes uh and and that might be where the question was directed i think they just you need to you you can only polish the turd too much until you start smearing it everywhere you know what i mean <laughs> so yes. hopefully one you have good tones you have good gain you're getting stuff good off the deck. You should have to turn up the fader and high pass. And like I said, keep it simple. If if you're chasing something, like if you're changing EQ and you're changing, you know, how much sub you're sending or how much, stop, stop. Look at the stage. If if exactly what Howard Page told me, look, mate. If it looks like he's smashing the snare make it sound like the snare is smashing <laughs> yeah and it took a, a weight off my chest because i think a lot of us get into this twisting knobs thing and not stopping until the end of the show don't have to i think probably the best of the best don't chase like that they might push up a solo they might do some panning for some effect stuff they might grab different instruments at different times for focal parts of the song. Like we talked about where tracks need to be heard in certain parts. Cause that's, that's the, the hook. Um, but 
constantly chasing is not a game you want to play. I, I got one. So if you find yourself taking the same frequency out of just about every input, what what does that mean? <laughs> do, 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 it's probably do, 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 the system do. and not, <laughs> you know, if, if you're notching 300 out of every input on that console, you likely need to take it out of the system. <laughs> yeah, and... Okay, we so, can talk so, about so, that so, too. So that, so that was that was my point of like, what's doing too much? Okay, if you're t- again, what's too much? The same frequency out of every input is too much. You, you do it somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, and and taking that frequency out of the system. Let's talk about SE roll. If you take that frequency out of the system, what happens to the octave? You know, uh, what it, I mean? would, it could shift. Yeah. So how you take that frequency out of the system is going to be relative to the rest of the system as well. Um, and I wish we had Michael on because he'd probably elaborate a whole bunch on that, but I'm in the process of learning and watching smart and going, Holy cow, look what happens to an octave or a third or whatever. When I make this kind of cut in a, a system, um, and I, I think that's important as well is know what you're chasing. Uh, stop chasing. It, that, that's the goal is to be able to get it up and stop chasing and put your faders up and go, ah, there it is. Yeah. Same at monitors. I mean, you kind of want, you, you're always probably going to have that one artist who will keep looking over to you all night long and moving stuff around. But that's just because they want to keep you busy because they think you're getting paid more than them or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> But relatively, you want people not to look at you when you're at Modern World. Relatively, you don't want to be twisting knobs all night at front of house. And relatively, you don't want to be cutting frequencies that are bad um, all night. Yeah, I would say if you are riding your compressor all night, if you're riding EQ all night on an input, something else is wrong, right? Um it, would you agree to that, right? Like, I mean, there there should be a happy yeah. medium. You know, I mean, fader moves all night long. Sure, that that you know, and I, I, we're talking like three to five dB fader moves, not like ten to fifteen dB fader moves. Uh, short of like just pulling something out completely that's not in use. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, like I, if I you're like if you're constantly adjusting your ratio, constantly adjusting your thresh or your threshold, your attack. Uh, if you're you're sweeping your mid EQ during the show. Um, likely maybe your the microphone got kicked out of place on stage or something else has happened or maybe you need to change your microphone uh think there's th- that would be to me is the is is the, once you're outside of sound check once you've got it settled it should be mostly fader moves and I, i'd be curious if anyone disagrees with that but i don't say no, i think i think that was a very good question you know yeah because that's one of those things that it, even I need to be reminded of sometimes if I'm mixing or doing something system-wise or monitors is stop. Stop chasing. Figure out why I'm chasing. Source the chase and see if you can't stop it. Yeah. Um, is it me? Facebook? It is. And I, I like the I like the next question. If you're just going in order. I am going in order. I should skip it just to piss you off, but I'm not going <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dennis asks, how to hang and not be a buzzkill for yourself, your crew, your artist, client, et cetera. We're in a service industry, and I keep running into people that forget that. Yeah, uh, I, I think 
Well, it is a good reminder. Remember, we're providing a service for somebody, whether it's our client, it's the audience, it's the band member, it's the management company, it's our production company, it's whatever. We're, we're providing a service. Um, well, there's uh, there's two sides. Uh, when I first heard this question, I you know we talk a lot about being a good hang. And to me, this first sentence was how to hang and not be a buzzkill. So that's... I didn't take it as the client side. I'm talking about that's you're on the back of the bus, you're on a night off, you're at the bar after the gig, you're whatever. You know, we, we preach how to be a good hang. What what so let's divide this question, let's remove the client out of this. Um cool. what's because I'll, I'll I, I have some experience in that. In being uh, a good hang or, or being a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or both. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say both. And it could go either way. Like nowadays, I go right to my bunk. As soon as the truck doors close, I thank everybody. I make sure that I show my appreciation. I decompress for like a second and I go to my bunk and I go to bed. So I'm fresh in the morning. It's because you're old. I was, yeah, but when I was younger, <laughs> I was worried about who I was going to smoke weed with or fucking have drinks with or get into bad ideas with. Um, and that could become a buzzkill. And uh, the other way could become a buzzkill too. I noticed that going to bed could show people maybe that I'm not a good hang. But um, here's the deal. At the end of the day, I'm there to do a job. I'm not there to be your bro. I'm not there to do anything. That comes with time. And you build up that repertoire with people. And if um, it, it's hard to say that being a buzzkill is something that happens immediately. Like if the stoners say, oh, Kyle went to bed tonight, what a buzzkill. Or if I go and get stoned and the non-stoners go, oh, Kyle got stoned, what a buzzkill. Like it could go either way. Yeah. I, I, you know, what comes to mind for me on the, either the buzzkill or not being a good hang some people, and I was thinking about this question while I was driving today um, to try to figure out how I would answer this. Some people are just more socially awkward than others. Yeah. Right? And so, and sometimes we have to, we have to maybe try to give some grace or space for people who maybe, some people just, are just natural at just hanging with people can shoot the shit. They're not worried about one upping. They're not worried about, uh, you know, they can just kind of be in the moment. Others feel like they like feel like they have to entertain or feel like they have to one up or feel like they, back to my analogy earlier, like a, a buzzkill to me is the person on load in who feels the need to express how much they know every model number that just rolled off the truck and how all the systems that they just did. Like, you know, I don't, I don't it's, I don't need that. Right. Like it's just, let's just hang, let's just talk, you know, whatever. Um, and then the issue is, is that we're all so much at the end of the day, nerds that we like talking about gear. We like talking about the things we do. And so like striking that balance of like, even like I said, like I was, I was at dinner with the Digigo guys. Right. Um, and w Kyle, what do you do when you're at dinner with a bunch of audio people? You tell war stories like the whole freaking time, you know? Right. Um, and the funny thing is we even all said at one point, like, hold on, I'm not like, just so we're all clear here. We, we even actually said it to kind of clear the air. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to one up here. We're just like, but one person tells a crazy story and another person, Oh, well, you know what happened to me? You know what I mean? Like, so, um, 
I don't know. I was trying to define like how to how to be a good hang, um, and that's uh, that's tough because especially if you're not socially aware, mentally aware of how you're being perceived by the people around you, um, yeah, that can be can be difficult. And I don't know how to tell someone how to read that or judge that. Um, I don't know. It's I, I it's, that that one actually had my head spinning a little bit because we talk about being a good I, hang, but I don't. I don't. It's it's hard to kind of describe how to coming. read that yeah. and or educate around that. I know where you're coming from now. Like I get it, and and there's a total other side to that too. Is the the shit talkers, the ones yeah. that are super nice to your face, and then <laughs> you know want 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 to be like, oh if you need any help, bro, just let me know. And then you walk away and they're like, Oh, that dude didn't know how to do that. <laughs> hold on. I know how you can yeah. find that. I hold on. I know how you know how to find that person because all right. So if a person, I do too, but if I'm a person shit loud. talks to you about five other people, you know, what's going to happen when they leave you, they're going to talk about you. Yep. So that's easy to spot a mile away. A shit talker, if someone that's all they do is do that, that means they're going to talk about you and everyone else. That that's just habitually who they are. Um, so I I I tend to try to not talk bad about somebody. Um, there's always going to be times where we have to like offload our chest and, and get through things. And I find that often you you will, especially if you both have had a lot of experiences with one person, sometimes the two of you kind of need to talk, talk that out. And you just, you have this certain wavelength, you know why both of you are discussing it. Cause you're like, Oh, you ran into that too. I ran into this, but like, it can't be the overarching thing that you were constantly talking about. Does that, does that, does that make it, sense? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, and, and it's a psychology thing too. Like I'm, I'm the type of person. If, if I say something, I'll say it to you. And then I'll say the same shit talk to someone else. Like if I'm going to shit talk, it, it's going to, it's going to go both ways. And maybe that's how I was raised or whatever the case may be. But I think it's also a psychology thing like them. Uh, or if, if I'd go and just shit talk somebody and not tell them what made me upset or what I'm making fun of them, um, it, that that's like a bitch move. Um, I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but that's, that's a bitch move. Um, if, if you have to put someone down behind their back, uh, that's a bitch move, especially if you're on tour with them or if you work at a production company with them, like, um, take for instance, like, uh, you're, you're new to a camp and, uh, you know, communication is going to be a little bit strange for the first bit until you you know figure out who's doing what and everything so uh i i would keep it as forward with people as possible like um if you're asking questions you know be serious about them uh listen closely you know try to correct it and not do it a second time um but you you'll find out personalities and and this happens with stage crews and stuff like that too and production houses it, it happens all over but like i i almost like to call those people out it's like hey man you couldn't tell me that but you you could go shit talk to them because because that'll get around you know what i mean mm -hmm. um uh, i'm it, guilty I, i've had happen to me where like i know for a fact um uh it, not that I was like incestuously uh, 
shit talking people, but I happened to have a conversation about someone, uh, thought it was in full confidence. It apparently was not because what I said had I had no I had only said it to like one or two people. That person and it come back to me, oh, I heard you said X, Y, Z mother, like you know, like uh, but I had to check myself. I go, you know what? Did I really need to say what I said to that person? Probably not. You know, I, I um, love I love what I love when they exaggerate it too. Like <laughs> um for instance, well, or I, context. I talk- context is often a big issue as well. Yeah. yeah. For for instance, I was at this thing doing it. It was six hours long, and I walked over and I talked to a friend that I hadn't seen for a while for about ten minutes, and did some other stuff. Did my thing that while I was there, uh, bullshitted. Dude walked back. I walked over and talked for ten more minutes, but I was there for six hours, and I heard that I was talking to that dude all day long and didn't do my job. Like, come on now. Are you saying that just to make it look worse than it really is? Right. Like in, in defending yourself at the well, end of the day, it's, it almost, it's almost as stupid. Like, yeah, it, that's, it, it's the thing to keep in mind there. And this is a whole other topic that was not a right time, right place is, is politics, right? Not the time and place, but let's just leave it at that. Damn. There are that was one of the you know what, you know, Sam always asked, like, what's something you know now that you wish you did when you first started? And politics would be one of them for me. Um, you know, whether it's it I learned it from tour, but it happens in production houses and other places. Um there are and for those who don't know what I mean, like there are thick politics, like for instance, um you're on a tour and say for whatever reason the tour like um the tour manager and the production manager on most tours often tour together and often when one of them is from a different camp that and they're using different people so the tour manager's been there for a minute uh and for whatever reason it's a new pm and he he brings in his crew but the tour manager wants this other crew who's been there before or things like that happen all kinds of things can can go awry there there you know there's there's like loyalty or disloyalty that happens anyway i don't want to go rabbit trail of politics but that's i learned that very quickly on tours uh we for should have sure. a, we, sh- we should have a round table about that we should i let's let's table this because i don't want to keep going here although i want to say no. one more thing about being a the buzzkill hang thing uh and then let's get to another question was and and i had a conversation with sam about this um sarcasm some people well all right i feel like most of us are very sarcastic some more than others and some people don't know how to read sarcasm and people who don't know how to read sarcasm are often the ones who are left out or feel like they have to defend themselves or you know so um i my my only caution is just be be mindful of is this person being sarcastic don't feel like you have to defend everything if you can't laugh at your own expense you're gonna have problems if you feel Make the need, sure. to, if you feel the need yeah. to defend yourself when someone sarcastically is kind of like jabbing at you, uh, y- you know, um, I'm not saying everyone needs, you know, you need to be put up, put up who would be an asshole, but you need a little bit of tough skin and be able to poke fun at yourself and be able to be uh, sarcastic and all of that. So that's, I don't know, there's there's a, so much there. But somebody's quick-witted sarcasm can be based in truth, hundred percent. Be negated by saying oh just kidding 
There's <laughs> almost always Sometimes. Look, almost always a little bit of truth in every joke, if not a lot of bit of truth. People try to use a joke as a means to play it off. You know, when they're that's just a way for them to express what they're really wanting to say, but oh man, I'm just joking. Bullshit. I, I like this topic because it's based. <laughs> I like this topic. Go for it. Discord. Oh, is it, is it, okay. <clears throat> Pardon me. Sorry. Um, okay. All righty. Um, You're not sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Um, life on tour or how to adapt to touring bus lifestyle. Um that's there's so much there. Um, <laughs> let's 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 do this. Let's let's maybe just cover some of the basic bus etiquette. Obviously, rule number one is no number two. That's like the easiest one. But like things like your shoes, your bag, where you hang out, food on the bus, things. Those are little things that I think are just essentials the, the to understand. Cheese. Or often, let's put the, let's be real. If it's your first couple tours, you might not even get to pick your bunk uh, because at least all the tours I was on, it was a seniority on who got to pick their bunks first, and then if you're new on the on the bus, you get whatever is left over. Yep, middles, then bottoms, then tops. See, I, I I'm weird. We all know this. I actually prefer the top. Top back left. I like driver driver side top back. That's my that's my bunk spot. Cliff, I, that's the Cliff I, Burton dude. I like feeling the sway of the bus. I actually like that. Ugh. I like the, <laughs> I like the feel of the generator. I can I can be on a bottom bunk and deal with it. Uh, um, what's, what's about bag bags on the bus? What 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 do you, what do you do? Um, and I think keep your shit good together. Don't let your shit float all over the fucking place. Seats are for butts and not for your shit. If you have a junk bunk, use it. If you have a closet, use it. Hold on. What's a junk bunk for those who don't know? Junk bunk is the bunk that is not being used by another crew member. So if you have eight people on the bus, you have four junk bunks. If you have 10 people on the bus, you have two junk bunks. Throw your shit in there. Keep it all together. Keep it zipped. Don't let your shit all over the place. No contact solution. Don't leave your toothbrush in the bathroom don't use the water off the bus to brush your teeth use a <laughs> bottle of water yes you will yes. get sick um what else uh I, I i just ask if you don't know like um so like in other words it, it, often at least even the drawers are like does at least, at least when i was touring there are certain drawers designated for shoes uh, or whatever, depending on the, the, the bus you're on. Uh, food, if you've brought specific food on there, label it. Because if you don't label yep. it, it's gone. It's it's fair yeah. game. Because you, you most tours, you get bus stock every night. You know, you're getting waters, Gatorades, munchies, bread, whatever. Um, and Flat so unless, it, and unless, it, unless it's labeled, it's fair game for anyone on that bus. And Correct. here's the deal. Treat that bus like your home now hopefully most of you treat your home in a decent condition um but i mean treat it as if no one else is there you need to entertain people when they come on um because this is this is 10 12 8 people's living spaces for sometimes three four months at a time like this is this is home yeah if you're personally wanting to bring somebody on the bus ask everybody first uh, especially if the bunk you, area. Especially if you like, oh, I just want to have my girlfriend ride tonight from Philly to DC. Oh, hell no. 
um uh yes that needs to be cleared by legitimately everybody on the bus you know um and don't get don't be pissed off if someone says no um lock the damn bus i don't whether in and out in and And the the bus lock the bus again this is your home this is your home and the bays lock the bays check the door like imperative and don't be scared to take out the trash Everybody sits it right outside the bus anyways. If you could take it to a dumpster, take it to a dumpster, but don't be afraid to take out the trash. Don't be um, afraid to th- throw away half drink <laughs> waters because you're going to be doing it all day anyways. Uh, I liked, um, we, we actually have a um, uh, some threads in our Facebook group that I'll, when people ask me, hey, I'm about to go on tour. What's your advice? I'll literally just go and tag them in this thread because there's like all this advice. One of them, um, Arika Rust, who she's a guest and then guest host and stuff on the podcast, she mentioned um, have a way to wake yourself up uh, silently. In other words, an Apple or smartwatch that will vibrate to wake you up so your alarm is not blaring off in your bunk when you get Because, you know, sometimes you might be sharing a bus with, like, say, Backline, who, let's face it, they can just sleep as long as they want because they don't have to come in until, like, noon, 1 o'clock. At while, I, I usually <laughs> use uh, the Holy Spirit or possibly tarot cards to wake me up. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, shower shoes. Need shower shoes. Not for a bus, though. Don't use the bus shower ever. If no, the no, bus no, has no, a no, shower, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm talking about just tour life. I'm talking about the fact that, oh, like, when you when you go in when you go into well, and a bus tour would insinuate that you are likely using a shower in the venue at the end of the night. Um, and if you don't want f- fungus and everything else that comes along with that, um, yeah, shower shoes. All right, let's let's, let's 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 get off this topic and go something else. Cool. Uh, next one, my friend Chris Malmgren which his nickname is Flounder. He's a bro of mine. You should talk about manufacturer support, that it's okay to reach out to them, ensure you're properly deploying their products. Most support teams are working at pro brands, are super passionate about taking care of their customer, and they live up, blah, blah, blah. Um, Kyle and I did Midas. You can easily speak to what that means. He he can also speak what it means when a manufacturer pulls the rug out from the support team. I'll definitely talk about all that. yeah, if if you can't find a YouTube video, if you need help really quick, it's nice to know all your brands and your manufacturers and your rep and some cell phone numbers, um, especially with digital consoles, especially with you know digital processing, especially with you know anything of the sort. Is, we, is to we, have, we put a we put a quick caveat there though. If you can easily Google. Or YouTube, the answer within two to three minutes. That's not something you should be calling your rep about. Correct. Right? Rep, reps want to hear from you, but if they it's just, something, reps want you, your money. Support is different. Sorry, I apologize. You're correct. Right, this right language. Support wants to help you, but let's. They want to help you with actual problems, and if it's something literally with, with if I Googled and literally Google actually gives me the answer within a click or two of the manual that I could have already got the answer myself. That's yep. not what they want to help you with because often support has been involved with making the manual so that you don't have to make all of those calls. Sorry. Yeah. So the, there's a fire and a not so fire. There you go. You know, uh, fires on you're on tour you're on a a show on a friday or you're at a church on a sunday or you know something goes down that's a fire you know so 
uh, know where your fire call is. And then non-fire is your prep time or if you're looking to purchase something or you're trying to learn something before yes. you go out on the thing with that piece of gear. Um, take the right means. Call during work hours. You know, um, most of us have families or personal lives or we might be like Dexter serial killers after 5 p.m. So respect that. Um, most people... And, and this is what Chris is talking about when, and, and I'm going to be brutally honest. When I got the job at Midas, it was like a animator getting a job for Pixar or Disney or Marvel studios. That was who I wanted to work for. Like I used XL four forever, like heritage, like I felt like I was on top of the world. And usually those customer support people at, those brands, Digico, Avid, Lake, Lab Group, and PowerSoft, name them, any speaker manufacturer. The reason that they work there is because they love that product. Yes. And they know it, it they know it inside and out. And the passion for you to succeed with their product, that's their client base. Is they want you to love that shit as much as you do. And that's how Chris and I and Frank Heinrich and James Elizondo and Zach Ross and Chase McKnight, we all felt about and, and Michael products. Lawrence, right? I mean, like you guys, yeah, most Lawrence. of you see in discord, the amount of knowledge and wealth that Michael gives back to y'all in here about smart about system engineering. Why? Because he gives a shit. He cares. Right. I mean, uh, that's, and, and there's a difference in certain manufacturers who, um, that's why they have support teams and 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 why you maybe buy into a product because they're going to have a support team. Unlike certain manufacturers right now who don't have a support team that Kyle may have worked for uh, in the past. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not under NDA anymore. So I, I couldn't I couldn't not throw that in. <laughs> no, it's fine. And And you know what? There's a bunch of other brands out there, too, that just have that aren't based here in the U.S., so your support person is the sure. rep or the salesperson. Sure. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Reps usually have 40 brands. And under those 40 brands are hundreds of SKUs. So you're talking yeah. about a product that they don't get to spend much time with, that they're going to have to do some research to get you to where you need to be if it's something, a, a fire Let's, let's make a clear distinction to. for those who may not understand how reps and manufacturers work, right? So, like, w when you go to buy, let's just say Digico, for example, you don't call up Digico and say, hey, I buy one a console, right? You got to buy, there are, there are firms, companies, whatever, around the country, typically about four or five around the country who do, like, a region at a time, a couple states or whatever, and, and maybe certain manufacturers obviously distribute to more distributors, Um but like a company like SK Mac or Highway Marketing or places like that. And like you said, they typically rep a speaker manufacturer, a console manufacturer, um, all that kind of fall into a line. You typically you don't have a rep. Video, typically, cables, you, cases. Right, yeah, it's not just audio, right? They're selling all kinds of things. Audio pieces for install right. products. Like, do you know and how many fucking yokes <laughs> some speaker manufacturers have for one speaker? Like, right. 
insane. So your 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 support is typically coming directly from the manufacturer, whereas your sales, your rep, as we typically say, while these manufacturers have like ultimate reps, you know, like Matt and stuff from from Digico, um, but um, that you're typically that's not the rep that you're actually speaking to and buying from, unless you're like actually Claire or Sound Image or something, you know. Uh, hey, and even I, then, I, they're still know, going through a distributor typically. I know that I had some reps that had the passion that I did. And it wasn't like they were selling hundreds of them like they were, you know, Dante head. I, I don't know. Or, I don't know a rep who's not passionate about what they're selling. I, I, I don't. And not just from a like, hey, I need to get as many sales. I mean, like nine times out of 10, most reps or previously audio people, video people, whatever they, they were sure. engineers, you know, you we know, all in the business, in the business like us. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, that's probably how you discern it. I love flounder. He's great. Like what a great dude. I'm glad he asked that question. Uh, I I'd love to be able to speak about the manufacturer thing a little bit more and the rug being pulled out, but it's just disappointing. So I won't go oh, ahead good. with discord. All right, another username, CB Waters. I don't know what your real name is. All right, managing contacts, like how to, I'm just reading, like how to uh, efficiently keep track of people who, who to hit up when your book is light, keeping track of correspondence, et cetera. Um, so that, that's an interesting one. Um, that's probably more from like a freelancer style uh, type of thing. Um I don't know, Kyle, do you have thoughts on that before I maybe give my, I have maybe thoughts of how to do it, even though I haven't been in those shoes. So, yeah, you know me, I change jobs every couple of weeks. So, um, <laughs> uh, I like to, it's cool because I'm involved with this and signal to noise means a lot to me. And I, and I, I, I really don't go out and boast this thing and I don't talk about it unless someone asks me about it and the whole nine yards, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of widespread now. So my contacts have expanded, um, from what I used to have, but when it comes to job prospects, uh, I go back to the Chris Leonard theory and it is, uh, life choices over career choices and what, things and what people are going to help me make better life choices is probably who I'll contact first. Um, Hmm. if, if there's a fire needs to be put out, uh, I know a few other people that I could call too. you know, drug dealers, possibly, you know, hitmen, but (laughs) (laughs) managing contacts. It's funny because we'll go back to the manufacturer thing. I made a bunch of friends. And uh, all those friends work in the business, and they're they're reps, they're production company owners, they're touring engineers, they're bus drivers. So I just made a ton of friends, and um, I don't use social media as much as I used to. It's more of just being a dad most of the time. So when people hit me up from the podcast to follow my Facebook, I'm like, oh, they're going to see a picture of my garden and my daughter and my lady. Like, <laughs> It, I'm, I'm not that nerdy outside of whatever, but I watch the nerdy stuff. Like I do, I see what's hot, what's moving, who I need to contact. Like if someone has a work anniversary on LinkedIn, uh, I'll send a message. Or if 
that person's a friend and they're my phone book, I'll just give them a call or shoot them a text message and be like, yo, dude, you're still doing the thing. Awesome. You know, um, speaking of that, I have been on this podcast for three years. I just had a work anniversary that came up on LinkedIn and I had a there bunch of people go. reach out that, um, haven't said hi to me in a long time. And it, it was nice to hear. And I like LinkedIn for that is because people give a shit about what you're doing in the industry, not necessarily what you're doing with your daughter on the weekend or, um, whatnot when it comes to personal social media. Uh, yeah, it, it, I have and, some, and I, I have, think, go ahead. I, I just think that's how I manage my contacts. Like there's a few people like Larry habits and Gulf coast sound and Chad, like I still talk to those dudes about Louisiana, about Lafayette, like, but I just saw him at iHeart country, you know, and we talked shop and we talked a bunch of different stuff about their new EV stuff and, and what was going down with them. But that's how I manage my contacts. Like, um, Anthony, let's go back to the very first of the podcast. Like now that I've talked to Anthony in Toronto, that dude's just my friend. And right. the next time I go to Toronto, I'm going to hit him up and be like, Hey man, I'm coming to Toronto. Um, not necessarily a work thing, but if there was ever an opportunity or we'd ever cross paths, that that relationship would still be there. I, I basically take time to hit up everybody at, at some point or another over the course of a year. Yeah, I would. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, one, let's. So, and again, I don't have experience in this, but I'm just putting out my well. I have experience on some sides of this. I'm just get my, if I were to do this, here's how I what I would do. I would make a Excel spreadsheet and Evernote, a OneNote or whatever. Like if I'm a freelancer and I have my top number of 10, 12, 14, whatever clients that I'm taking this, maybe more from the corporate side than the rock and roll side, but it, it, it could apply either way, right? Um, I, I would once a month or once a quarter, no more than once a month, email bcc email a group list of people that are my primary context of work my availability say hey i'm a you know just fyi here's my availability um and throw something in there like hey i've been working on x or i was recently up to x um you know you know hope you're doing well whatever Nine times out of ten, just so you're clear, that any of those availability emails, people may never actually respond to them until they actually need something. Like, I can't tell you how many availability emails I get a month. I do not have the capacity to just respond to availability emails. So I have chosen to not respond to availability emails, even if you put something witty and something in there, what you've been doing. So that's one side of it. <laughs> one side of it. Just being transparent. And again, I agree. I, I meant I meant to say this from the beginning of this episode when I was looking at all these comments. All anything I've said are my opinions. I can't say this is how other people operate, uh, and I reserve the right. These to be aren't completely the yeah. <laughs> these aren't the opinions of Pro Sound Web or Live Sound yep, International. I, I reserve the right to be completely wrong or full of shit. Um, uh, so, but the other tell thing, me to my face I'm full of shit because if I hear you talking shit behind my back, <laughs> it's gonna be like fucking that Jay and Silent um, Bob movie where they're like they go to their houses. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a, uh, I have strong feelings about how to effectively use social media. And from a corporate perspective, specifically LinkedIn, um, because it is filtered to be work-only stuff, 
uh, me as a person who hires freelancers, LinkedIn is um, one of the best ways for you to non-invasively be in front of my face all of the time selling yourself so that I, I am in the back of my mind aware of kind of what you're doing year round, what city you're in or whether you travel or whatever. And then when the time is right, I'm like, oh, X person, I've been seeing they've been doing this. I've been doing, oh, I, I should call them. I should call them, you know, wh- whatever. That is way better to me than messaging me or texting me or whatever, because um, whether my amount of social media consumption is healthy or not, that's up for debate. (laughs) But uh, I consume a lot of it. I I follow a ton of freelancers and companies, and I study what people are doing, and I make mental notes. I can't say that that's how other people operate, but that's how I operate. you're like, oh, then, Kyle posted a picture of a hot dog. What a <laughs> no, but like people are also people argue like, oh, I got NDAs. I got this, this, this. There are also ways to kind of be witty and show what you're doing without giving away the whole gig. Um, I also can see through the bullshit of like, you're just the stage on the job, yet you're taking pictures behind the front of host console like you're that guy. Like, the, don't do any of that. Um, um, be but, honest. Yeah, I mean, but to stay in contacting, like just make a comment on somebody's things, like in networking. Networking is a big is is a big thing um, between whether it's this Discord community, whether it's this Facebook community. Um, it's just well, that's, watch your P's and Q's too. I think you need to add that is is whatever side of the spectrum you land on. Uh, try not to overly zealous yourself in expressing that stuff because you never know who you'll work for or whatever who will look through your stuff sure Um, i mean that can that can come down to that too uh there was a post a while back and i hate even talking about it because our facebook group is wicked we don't have to tell people to shut up or take that shit up somewhere else but most um, of the time most time uh like someone's trying to sell a weird pickup truck from the philippines like that's as harsh as it gets i, I uh, bought that truck what are you talking about i know but then we took it down so it was still- <laughs> um watch your p's and q's it's okay to be adamant about how you feel about something but watch putting it out in social media because it could come back around to get you um I, I haven't heard personally, and that would probably be a cool thing to for someone to start on the Discord or Facebook is if if someone has done something or said something that is uh you know got them in a situation with getting a gig, um, especially post COVID. I think uh, that is it post COVID. I don't even know what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So that's going to be my last question from Facebook. There's a couple other ones like Joel Lonke had a couple good ones about um, <laughs> olive oil and spaghetti and if he needs the fake orgasms. Um, the dude, the dude, Joel Lonke is a fucking legend. I don't care what anybody says. That dude flies airplanes and he'll take you up and do flips and shit. And, and then he'll he take you to the skate Idol, park. Right? Yeah, and he'll take you to the skate park and the dude skates like he's 19 years old. It's insane. Like, Joel, we definitely need to. We did a podcast with them, and then it like probably my internet took a shit or something stupid. So we'll have to do. Him, oh, that's again, right. But, we need to get him back on. We haven't actually released that. Yeah. Um, so it, and he Joel wasn't was happy with the, his portion of that anyway. So yeah. 
Yeah, so if Joel is part of the Rupert Beggar Club or you know Joel Lonke, I I mean, obviously, I say hi to him all the time, but he needs to come back on. Last question that I'm going to take from Facebook because I think it's super relevant, and I've actually been talking to some other people about that, is that changes you see coming in our industry post-COVID. And the thing that I wanted to address about that, and it could be different for you too, Chris, is when this wave is going to taper. And I think a lot of it's going to be socioeconomic is gas prices are insane. Ticket prices are insane. Every band that you've wanted to see forever is on tour or playing a festival and the ticket prices are outrageous. I think eventually people are going to start picking and choosing what their family spends money on, whether it's their family or personal reasons. I think eventually after this summer, possibly that things are going to go back to a more reasonable schedule when it comes to touring and things that you'll be able to go see like Disney on ice all the way to, you know, the biggest country music festival you've ever seen in your life or like the Miami base techno festival, like three days for $500, like whatever it is. Like, I think eventually it'll start tapering off because of the economics of the bit right now. Maybe that's just my assumption. Yeah. I don't know. I I saw that question and, um, you know, it's funny. Like, if we could answer that question, we probably would be rich. Um, the, the changes, I don't like. Um, obviously, there's a labor shortage right now. That's not always going to be there. Um, that's uh, so. That's right now what we're dealing with that. But I don't know if that's always going to be a thing. Um, you know, I, I do want to tie into this. And while this could be an episode of itself, like all of them, you know, Ben Crum asked. This is, I think ties into it he's like hey balancing work play and family being young and hungry versus older and comfy right we have a <laughs> older and comfy <laughs> um we we have uh you know we're at a interesting point in the industry right where you have people who are trying to come into the industry who are on the younger side but covid hit trying to decide well do i still want to stay here but yes i'm still hungry enough to keep fighting for it people going you know what like is this the time to kind of bow out um and and then just balance that work-life balance family balance like i'll be the first to admit i am the worst at work-life balance i am a workaholic I love my job often way more than I love my family. It's a fault. I, I, it's, it's, um, it's been super problematic for me my entire, um, life, at least while having a wife, girlfriend, and or kids. Um, I still to this day 100% wrestle with that balance. Um, and uh 100% agree i i i don't know how to fix it i really don't i'm just being honest like um i can't we shake all have problems chris i know we, but we, i I, it, I can't and shake and that's why we have the clinic <laughs> 
I can't shake how deep it's rooted into me to want to be doing anything related to audio, whether it's doing shows, whether it's doing the podcast, whether it's doing my How We Got Loud history stuff, right? Like, I, there, I, it's, I, or just even my, you know, uh, my, my daily work of now being operations Site surveys manager. or it's whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, um, dude, like, it bugs the shit out of me that I don't easily have the capacity to turn it off and just be present yeah. and be home and and do the like i got freaking three kids i got a, a 14 year old a five-year-old and a one-year-old um all beautiful and, by the way <laughs> thank you um and, and my wife i don't, don't mean to disclude my wife um she's beautiful too but yes not, I, i'm not saying that uh <laughs> bad way. um it i don't know I don't know how to answer that. I don't know how to balance it because here I am almost 40, which I know I'm younger than you, Kyle, by 10 years. I get it. Um, is, that a, uh, is that a jab? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I'm just trying to be real. Like, I, yeah. look, here I am in middle life, whatever the fuck you want to call this. Um, and Yeah, you're halfway done. And, <laughs> anyway, um, I, I, I don't know how to balance it. I really don't because I suck at it every day. Um, don't know how. So being, COVID being taught real, me being a real. bit of balance. COVID did teach me a bit of balance. And it also reminded me that I'm still a workaholic. Um, it's weird. Like when I was a kid, I definitely sleep until noon and stay up until two or three in the morning. It doesn't matter if I go to bed at three in the morning or 9 PM at night, I still wake up at the same time. Um, so I need in, in that comment, we need to throw away the young and the old thing. Cause it's always a yeah. hustle. I think, um, I think the hustle is part of us being nerds and, handling that hustle like you said is super difficult man it really is because it it depends on your life decisions or career decisions and i think the hustle is the same it's just how much effort you put into it because i think um i don't feel like i'm old and comfy i'm not comfy i'm sick of the runaround i'm sick of i i want something stable that i enjoy all the time that i don't get burned out on or i don't walk away from or i don't get fired from or whatever the case may be like i'm i'm tired of the the hustle like i want something nice and stable just like my family is because that's what covid taught me is it doesn't matter what i do outside of this house this house is the basis of what happens outside of it and it it's that's the balance I had to work on. Like, I'll go ahead and mention this. Like, Carla never listened to the podcast and she finally started listening because I, she, it's nerd shit. Like, I get it. Like, I don't want to listen to crafting podcast or hippie <laughs> stuff podcast. Like, it, it, but she, it, she said something that we probably should have said to each other 12 years ago been together for 12 years and it's it's had its ups and downs and and this job has played a big role in the ups and downs um when i took the chance to go back on the road 
since she was learning a little bit more about how I'm structured in my life because I was home enough for her to understand that, she was like, listen, I don't want you to resent me for mm. not letting you or not wanting you to go do what you love. And I told her, I don't want you to resent me for being gone. And I think that was one of the bases of home is more important for me. Like if I was a single dude, maybe that would be different, but the hustle's still there. I'm not comfy. There's nothing comfortable about what we do. And, and that goes from the top to the bottom. Like Jeff Hawley says, it's all part of the business. One, one day you're selling music stands for somebody and the next, next week you're at Sweetwater answering phones or you're at a church working on a console or you're going to a park stage and running sound outside or you're helping out with a broadcast, you know, for a TV show or you're working at a stadium. Like it's all part of the business. And it seems like a lot of us jump around and it, it's never comfy. There's something about it that's never comfy. And especially if we don't manage your finances well. No. And I don't. I don't. And me, me I neither. Suck at it. Me neither. I utterly suck at my finances, right? I'm just I'm trying to be as brutally honest today as possible on all of this so because that's why I got this yeah. good internet. I got this great internet, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking dialo. Yeah. That's all I can afford. Uh-huh. So I spent no, my like, money somewhere I, else. I I would say, you know, in terms of the young and hungry, here's the deal. Yes. Uh when you're a young, fucking get it. Get it, get it, get, get it. it you know do as much as you can um and uh and recognize the jumping off point of of a family relationships things like that right um now <laughs> you know it's, as i'm introspectively thinking about this maybe some of that fed into my <laughs> where my head's at now is like i was in the mindset of get it get it get it and all of a sudden in in the in a blink of an eye i had to turn that off right and i couldn't so i don't know um i you know pe- people ask me all the time they're like do you miss touring i haven't toured in 12 years and my answer hasn't changed in 12 years. No matter the fact that I have a wife, three kids now, whatever, I have a very good job. I miss touring every goddamn day. Now, my wife, and I'm not throwing no down, but she doesn't understand when I say, I miss touring every day. She associates that with, well, that means you don't want to be around us. No, I miss everything about touring minus being away from my family. The thrill of just freaking moving a body of people in an experience and getting to do what I've loved since I was a kid on a day-to-day basis. And that's what I get to do nothing legitimately fulfills me more and as wrong as it sounds i get more out of that right now than i do my family and that's not healthy and i'm trying to fix that and here i am 12 years removed from touring and i'm still trying to fix that so yeah the balance is real 
It is. Um, it, I'm sure this goes to say that artists go through the same stuff that we're going through as well, you know, and um, manufacturers do. There's a lot of travel involved. There's a lot of things that we can't explain, you know. Hopefully COVID helped us explain a lot of things to ourselves. Um, uh, take it amongst yourself and definitely talk to your friends, talk to your family, and and find comfort in the thing that is the most important. And that's why when you say uh, career decisions and not life decisions, uh, it makes total sense because the grass is always greener, homie. Like I don't know how many times I have to and, tell and you. The, the, the funny thing is, is like I like I'm the one who's kind of preached that, right? I'm the one who's preached, you know, life decision over career decisions. Yet. While moving to corporate was a was a life move, you know, initially, um, more than a career move, <laughs> I still feel it. I still fail at the life part on an everyday basis of not being present when I'm home and not caring yeah. more about my family than I care about my work. I'm just trying to be as real as fuck tonight. I love it. That's that's my dude. That's why I love you. <laughs> and I don't know how to fix it. So there's your answers. Thank you, Facebook. Thank you, Discord. Um, keep them coming, guys. Like uh, I don't know if Chris has told you or Michael on previous episodes, but our downloads are skyrocketing right now. The listenership and the amount of people that are engaging on this thing is mind bending. I literally just sat down for three years every Wednesday and recorded something that has turned into um, a machine. It's it's a beast. And we want to make this as best as we can for everybody and be as real as possible with everybody as well. Um, reach out. Get a hold of us as signal to noise. I, I, I want to I want to add on to that, though. And this is I, I talked about this a lot at NAMM because I talked to a lot of people who like n- you know what we're doing, but maybe don't listen. And look, 100% fine, right? There are 5,000 people in our Facebook group, and we don't have 5,000 downloads every episode, right? Let's face it. So I know that not everyone will be listening. 100% okay. The thing that I tell everyone about is I am so thankful for the community that's around this podcast. And I would not even around this podcast, this industry, right? Y- y'all have organically grown into this living, breathing organism that helps each other's help, helps each other, uh, shares food pictures, memes, share whatever, like bringing this industry closer together. The fact that that's all happened while we're talking on a microphone. Cool. You know, but like, I still, I, uh, um, it's not about well, yes. Do I look at metrics every day? See how many how many of you guys listen to all that stuff? Cool, but that's not what means the most to us. It, you guys engaging, learning, um, uh, feeding off of each other, regardless of whether we actually freaking jab on his damn microphone, doesn't mean a thing. Um, the community that that you you all we haven't developed this you guys built this community because if, if it was just us that means it would just be the three of us having a group chat we have that <laughs> right uh but what you all are doing is 
tenfold of what we could ever do so this is on you guys and thank you for that that's that's what this is and it's, it's way bigger than us you know spilling our guts on a microphone thank you thank you thank you and it goes back to our listeners question is it's it's not about the glory that we get from it it's the glory that you all are making it and that that's what it is i mean thank you so much alan and heath uh audix the clinic um pro sound web keith, keith clark yeah keith clark ladies and gentlemen um this is this is the passion project and it always will be and if it changes then we'll just we'll just stop and go have our own podcast and mine will be called rogan 2 uh <laughs> alpha brain on it it'll it'll mcdonald's we'll taco we'll call, bell we'll call beta. Pizza beta brain, let's be honest there. beta <laughs> <laughs> thank oh you God. guys love you all tune in again thank you <laughs>